NFR Extra is a weekly podcast that focuses on the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo and features icons that embody the rodeo and Western lifestyle. And now here are your hosts, Nevada Caldwell and Rockin' Robbie Hodges. Robbie, Robbie, Robbie. Oh, boy, this one's going to be fun. Every college kid, every high school kid, every junior high, every junior rodeo association, the hero. What is Even that? the NFR guys. Yeah, I think anybody wanted to learn something from the champion, right? The illustrious potentate, the grand poobah, <laughs> the Dale Brisby. Golly. Yeah, he got, so, you know, we dive in with Dale. We, Ricky Bobby of... <laughs> He's Ricky Bobby of Rodeo. Well, and, you know, not to tell you what to expect from this episode, right? No. <laughs> Heck, I don't know what the no, hell yeah. just happened. I don't even think we had questions lined out for it. This is one yeah. of those, like, hey, let's just talk to Dale kind of thing, right? Yeah. This is one of those one-off episodes that exist that you might need to hear. I don't you know, know. I, I'm just overwhelmed by his humbleness. Yeah, right. You know, throughout <laughs> it and, and the debt that he has paid, you know, and... And as hard as it is being a Dale Brisby, I mean, it seems very hard to be at the quality, you know, at the where he is in this world. It's amazing to just where we could get twenty minutes or thirty minutes of him, to, just to talk to us and tell us that knowledge because he stores so much knowledge. And the world of bull riding is so much more incredible now. I mean, you've got him raising guys like Sage Kimsey, Donnie Gay, yeah, you know. Denny Flynn, all those guys, you know, they learned. Uh, J.B. Mooney. J.B. Yeah, that other guy. Yeah. yeah. Did you notice how he wanted to say <laughs> D.D. and J.B. Bulls instead of <laughs> J.B. and D.D. Bulls? But folks, stop your car. Pull over. Get your notepad out. If you want to be the greatest ever, listen to this humble gentleman talk about what he has done. And his small, yep. it's such accomplishments, but. For him to just be so down to earth and humble about it is what amazes hey, me. Hey, don't forget, right? He's got his own little apprentice show going on. Yes, he does. What's you know, we're going to learn about it. Yeah, he's going to bring some lucky individuals because yep. anybody's around him is very lucky. Guys and gals, right? Yeah, and um, they're going to they're going to learn how to be apprentices for the one and only Dale yeah. Brisby. His his interns from 2019 have elevated, and now he needs new ones. Yeah, they're. Two of them are at the White House, I'm sure. You know what? I mean, he's that far up. They, they're they running the State Department now. And uh, you guys, well, do just, yourself a favor and improve your life by listening to Dale Yeah, Brisbane. this will definitely change your life. It was. It's like an episode of Te- Walker, Texas Ranger. It changed my life. <laughs> this is Brightland's Bull, the Rodeo News of the Week. PRCA Stat of the Week. The week of February 17th through the 23rd paid out over $2.1 million across eight pro rodeo events, with more than $1.4 million of that coming from the San Antonio Stock Show and Rodeo. San Antonio event winners are bareback rider Mason Clements, $23,500. Steer wrestler Tyler Wagaspack, $23,250. Team ropers Dustin Exquaza and Travis Graves, $24,000 apiece. Saddle bronc rider Brody Crest, $24,750. Tie down roper Shad Mayfield, $24,500. Barrel racer Brittany Posey Tanazi, $23,500. Bull rider Denton Fugitive, $23,000. Boudreaux Campbell captures San Antonio Extreme. Dream Bulls title, leaving the town with $18,950. Mark your calendars as the RFD TV The American takes place in Arlington, Texas at the AT&T Stadium, March 7th and 8th. Wherever you listen to the NFR Extra podcast, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, iHeart, Google Play, or even YouTube, hit that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. And let us know what you think of this episode or any episode by leaving a comment. I'm world champion bull rider Sage Kimsey, and you're listening to NFR Extra. Mr. Robbie Hodges. Man, we're, we've done legends all week, but no, 
they pale in comparison to this next interview right yeah, here. Yeah, we, you know, we, we do this. Well, first of all, we tried to grab him during 2019 Wrangler National Finals Rodeo. Well, that was impossible how busy this guy was, right? Well, of course. I mean, he was in demand everywhere, every second, um, every Vegas second during the yeah, NFR. Yeah. But we got him, and uh, rodeo season is in full swing. Thank you for joining the show, Mr. Dale Brisby. What about that? Yeah, no problem. You know, I'm just, I'm all about helping uh, the up-and-comers, and, and y'all got a good rodeo going on out there in Vegas, and, and I'm looking to help help it grow, help it mature, maybe into something that I even enter one day. You never know. So That, that is uh, amazing, and and I'm so glad, and I, we were talking about this earlier um, before the interview started, the, the decision you made not to ride there this year just to make sure that, you know, Sage's saga that he's in, you know, to try to, to, to get – eight world championships. I thought that was so amazing that, that you chose not to participate. And, and I want to thank you personally for well, that. Well, first off, you're welcome. Uh, you're welcome to Sage. You're welcome to Stetson, right? Um, <laughs> letting him win the all round. Uh, there was two men in Las Vegas, Nevada, that could have been at that rodeo, but we weren't because we didn't want to. And that's me and Trevor Brazil. So, yeah. um, you know, look, looking into 2020, um, like I said, it's rodeo time all the time. We just got done bucking two bulls here on the beaches of Winnebago and we're, we're about to buck another one. And so I'm blessing you guys with some time in between. But the point is, is, uh, you know, look out, don't blink because here in about 11 months, we're going to be doing it again in Vegas. I know it. Can you believe that? I mean, and and I know, I guess you haven't made the decision yet whether you're going to participate or not. I guess you're going to see how the season's going for those other guys or is that pretty much? Well, no, I don't really base my decisions on other people. For me, it's all about added money. Um, Guys like me, we don't have to start. So the season ends uh, the last weekend in September. So guys like me, we don't have to even start thinking about rodeo until mid August. You know, so that's when you really got to look out for DB. Because somewhere around Sykeston, if you if I'm entered in Sykeston on a Saturday night, that means I'm gonna probably make a run for the NFL. Okay. That's well, that's what we're waiting on to see. I know. I know you used to getting entered on everything on page twenty two and twenty three. You know, that's how you call and enter. And uh, man, I can't wait. I, I'm I'm excited. I'm going to Sykeston just Hold to on, see bef- this. Before we get ahead of ourselves, hide. Let's go back to 2019. Let's talk about your rodeo season, Dale. I, from, from what I understand, it was epic. It was uh, one for the records. I think uh, you know there there was another guy in there, but man, I just I think it was all about Dale, was it not? How how was that 2019 season? You know, it was great. I just went to those bigger ones. I went to the bigger ones, uh, and so that's why some of y'all didn't see me. You know, if you were if you were at you know Calgary or Cheyenne or Salinas or you know Houston, you know I wasn't there because I was off at some bigger ones, and so. <laughs> Um, uh, and then at some point along the way, either mid 19 or, or 98, somewhere in there, uh, the airline lost my luggage, my rigging bag. And, um, you know how hard it is to go through claims and insurance and customs. So, so I ain't been on a bull in a little bit. I'm waiting on that airline to get back to me. Um, but you know, you guys, if you've ever dealt with any of those airlines, you know how it is. Oh yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Well, that's why I was wondering if you're, you know, if you've looked into the private jet stuff a little bit, you know, and and and, that, and this is making me think about that, Robbie. To be honest, yeah. you know, dealing with this deal where they lost my luggage six years ago, right. um, and then you know, think about that. No more pat down stuff like that, mm-hmm. dude. Donnie Gay increased his gold buckles once he got that jet. You better believe he did. <laughs> yeah, but the difference is the difference in Donnie Gay and me is my humility. <laughs> Yes, you know what I mean. Sometimes I'll fly first first class on them Southwest flights just to just to be humble. Yeah, and and I've always noticed. I know you don't think you're you know that great, but what's your opinion to fifty million people? You know that's that's what I've always noticed about it is your humility. (laughs) Well, fifty million or or seven point seven billion, I think, is what the Earth's population is up to. So. that's you know as far as like fans of Dale Brisby. So oh, how do they say it in China? Dale Brisby. <laughs> so Dale Brisby. Yep. When in um, how many ninety point rides? I mean, was it just a couple? Was it just every single ride you had? How many ninety point rides did you pull in for two thousand nineteen? Well, what I had. So this is how this started, Nevada Envy. That's a great question. And what I do is I get a I get a, I usually my bull riding glove is white. And I got a black Sharpie. I actually got about a dozen black Sharpies in my bag. Sign autograph. And I put a little tally mark on my glove when I go 90. 
And so typically by about springtime, that glove has turned completely solid black from all the tally marks. Nice. And uh, so basically I got this black glove now and um, I've, I've run out of room to count my 90 point rides. You know, I'm just so used to wow. hearing 22, 23, 45 and 45. What's that equal? 92 points. So that's why that now I'm hearing out like in the rodeo world of Dale Zebra Glove Brisby. Is that what that's about? I had no idea. Then that's in April usually. You know, you're a Zebra Glove. Yep. So uh, all right. yeah, call me. <laughs> now you know the rest of the story. Yes, I, Paul Harvey. Gosh, thank you. You know what? I can't. I can't stop thinking about that Thursday night bull riding event during the 2019 NFR when there was 90s everywhere. The only person I could think about was you. And where was Dale Brisby? Where was Dale that God, night? He wasn't there. <sighs> I was cheering all my compadres that they finally rose to the challenge that their mentor had had um, expected them to. Now, are, and, do, so, Dale, are you thinking? I mean, I'm not thinking, but are you feeling as Mr. Stetson or you know, obviously Sage? These these are guys going to give you a run for your money in 2020, right? I mean, it's always fun to have a little friendly competition, so I'm going to keep it friendly. But they're no competition. So, I understand. Um, <clears throat> you know, Stetson's probably going to actually, no, no joke, come to the house tomorrow, as if anything I ever say is a joke. Uh, he's probably going to come by here tomorrow. We're going to uh, put him on a few of the uh, JBDB Bucking Bulls nice. and see what he's got. And I'm just going to kind of tune him up, get him ready for 2020. So I'm actually encouraging competition. Oh, that is that is great. And I got to ask you, you know, when you go down in that locker room, because you're the only. You know, you chose not to participate, but they decided to go ahead and give you a number one badge with a star on it, you know, at the NFR, your your lanyard. What is it like down there with those young kids at the NFR, you know, and they're up-and-comers and stuff? What What is that like to sit and just have their undivided attention? Well, that's just – it's just normal life for me. It's something that I don't really know what it – you know, I, I, it'd be – I mean, I, I could ask – any other normal man what's it like to not have that you know would be an easier question oh, that's good um sorry i just got hooked by bull <laughs> don't forget to close that gate either dale honestly watch out yeah. was that the third bull you're loading him right now i can hear that that's awesome yeah, yeah. For you, you never know yeah so how long's bruiser been at your house i mean is that are you going to get on him here in a little bit or is it out you don't want to hurt him or was that breakfast <laughs> He'll be the third bull. Yeah, no, uh, you know, I, that's that's kind of a that's a warm up bull for me. So, um, you know, mm-hmm. Bruce, there's been a long time just practice bull of mine that I help him tune up before they go to the big shows. Yeah, that's good. You put the sheen. We were talking yesterday with Sage yeah, right. about a, uh, you know, Dale actually, he is the sheen that they put on <laughs> Bruiser every day when they're washing him. Yes. Yes. He, he doesn't yeah. have to – he doesn't wash them. He has hands that do that, you know, that I'm sure. Yep. Speaking of hands, uh, what are your plans for your interns this year? There's been nothing but entertainment with your interns. What's going on with those guys for 2020? Uh, so it's funny that you mentioned that. It's actually what we're filming today. They, they're graduating today from interns to full-time employees. We're going to have an intern challenge. We're going to um, – people are messaging Donnie and Wes, the, the current interns, applications and they're gonna we're gonna pick six or eight guys or and girls they're gonna come to the ranch and compete to be dale brizzy's next top intern because it's a sought after position oh my you gosh. get to learn from the best from the best bull rider in the world occasionally even jb mooney will show up so um that's something that that we're that's in the works uh he's, he's a he's a young guy i'm kind of coaching on Nice. Oh, so, heard about that that's guy. What I'm saying, but no, that's that's real talk. That's real talk. That's a real competition. We're gonna film it all. Be on my YouTube channel. So, nice. um, these interns will be employees of Rodeo Time, and they they'll get only the best twenty dollars a day and all the water they can drink. <laughs> that is awesome. If I promised, can I just like hide in the barrel? Some I just want to watch. I want to learn, and and I would love to do that. I might just come down there with my barrel free, of course, or I'll pay you whichever one you choose. Yep. And I'd love yeah, to just come to down. Say, ain't nothing free, okay? Ain't nothing free. I know that's right. Well, it sounds like you got the apprentice going on over there. Is you there do. a boardroom that you'll be in with these guys and gals? And uh, once you make this decision, um, it's kind of a trial by fire right here in the arena. So I guess the arena is my boardroom. The beaches of Winnebago, like we just, you know, thumbs up or thumbs down. You know, we let the bucking bowls decide. So. Hey, so. let's go back to 2019 real quick. There's some pretty cool stuff that you um, that you helped us out with. 
and one of them was taken. We're going to take it down here with the, some emotions, but uh, how was your, how was that trip to Grant a gift? You know, you, you got to go down to the autism foundation and you know, you really touched some people and it's pretty important. You know, I mean, I know I'm kind of changing gears here, but some pretty cool things that Dale Brisby does. Yeah, no, no, no. It's good to change gears occasionally. Um, this is uh, that's that is by far one of the most important things that we do in the sport of rodeo. Um, it's something that even outside of rodeo, that I think everybody should be passionate about, and that's just in general, just helping others and becoming a servant. But being able to help at the Autism Foundation, like, I mean, it just—I I don't know if it doesn't light your fire, then your wood's wet, and. It's just one of those things that that uh, you you really need to. Everybody should do it. It shouldn't just be you know, what who all do we have? Caleb Schmidt and some of them guys like world mm-hmm. champions like coming out to be an example. And that's what it is. It's trying to set an example for everybody in the community to to just really help those around you, whether they're in need or not. You know, and and uh, it's just one of those basic human things that that God wants us to all adhere to and i don't know it's darn sure more rewarding than any sort of buckle or check a guy could ever win yeah it's not the truth you know you also let's let's switch gears again because there was some stuff that you were getting into gosh uh, are we in a super 10 peterbilt here yeah, we right? were swapping some gears around <laughs> it uh, <laughs> um but yeah it's so you had some stuff going on at night who who how was this whole nightly party thing going to nfr what what was going on with that you yeah, where were you yeah what was i saw it but man it looked so, crazy yeah. I spent a lot of nights at the Mirage and uh, literally record numbers every night, even like the Monday and Tuesday in the middle of the week were record numbers. Um, there was music everywhere, a lot of great uh, music scenes, free concerts. I went over to Rump's show at the Orleans, um, just packed house everywhere you go. Um, getting close to 500,000 people come to Vegas during the NFR even though the Thomas and Mac will only hold 180,000 a night. So do the math. That's a lot of people hanging out at parties. That's a lot of, <laughs> that is a, a threptillion. That's a lot of cowboy hats in Las Vegas. So it's the place to be during those first 10 days in Vegas and, and December starting with that first Thursday. Like, it's just, I don't know. That's, if the president called me and said, Hey, I need you on December 9th to come here. I'd be like, oh, okay. Sorry. Well, I'm in Vegas. You're going to have to come to me. Yeah, rodeo Vegas. What so what what does your? I mean, I know we're early. We're all planning still. We're getting ready for December. But what's a what's a kind of a, a little preview of what you got going on? Maybe come after parties or something like that. This this uh, this coming up December. You know, I think uh, the, the 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 main course at that meal is going to be you know obviously the perp every night, and so we're 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 constantly shedding light on on just the the stars of, of, you know, them guys have been working all year. Um, but, but the biggest star is, is, uh, don't be confused as Dale Brisby and where he will be without a shadow of a doubt in Vegas. Um, Lord willing, all things, you know, in the Creek don't rise at cowboy Christmas. And so that's where, that's where typically there's the main spot. You can, you can find Dale Brisby, um, you know, after parties are, are TBD, but, um, usually I'll be, cruising around cowboy christmas during the day so that's one thing to count on right and you're going to set your booth up probably right near where our autograph session was you don't know how many times i would be like hey guys we got some really famous people here. you want to get an autograph where's dale brisby we just want to know where to buy a dale brisby shirt is it right here i if i said <laughs> that busy once, booth oh my gosh yeah <laughs> you know hey would you come over here and maybe get an autograph uh, trevor brazil's over here with you know, he's signing autographs and stuff. And hey, Sage Kimsey, does he know Dale? Does he know how to get a hold of Dale? And I'm like, yeah. Well, we were around the corner, and I think some of them guys got tired of signing Dale Brizzy caps. But you know, <laughs> yes, I don't mind. yeah. Oh, it worked and, out. And really, it was convenient. It was convenient because you know Trev, he was around there signing autographs, and then. He he wanted to come around the corner and get my autograph, so he didn't have to walk that far. Yeah, that's so good. that was good for Trevor. <laughs> right, none of the guys did. They were like, "Can we swap this around so we can get it after we get our sheets from whoever it was?" And then I just go right over there. And uh, yeah. oh, bless your heart. I know it, it was tough. Have you hung out with Trevor lately? I know you guys have been doing a lot of stuff together on the social media so channels. I helped him get helped him helped him get his YouTube channel started. 
and uh, get it rolling. Uh, we made some videos for him and with him. Um, we've got – it's definitely on our schedule to get back over there and uh, do another round of them. Haven't yet in 2020, but there's a lot of road left. Well, we're looking forward to it. That's right. Um, who who are you going to travel with? This are you are you going to go with Leroy some this year? I mean, or what's the deal with Leroy? How's he? Is he healthy? What what's up with that? And you know, Randy. Leroy's and... healthy. His right arm is 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 really good. Leroy rides Bronx, but really his main deal, what he's famous for, is pulling my bull rope. And so his his well, right course. shoulder is good where right. he can pull it. Um, we may have JB Mooney drive for us. Of course, I got Randy filming. Then I've got the interns. Uh, soon to be not interns who will be running and going and you know they'll be gophers go get us a hot dog at the rodeo so absolutely i just show up and ride bulls now will they let you buddy with somebody just pulling ropes i mean pretty much i mean when you enter and stuff like that will they let you buddy like that say i've got a rope puller i want you know i'm I'm dale brisby i'm in the bull riding i need uh three guys i'm gonna have to have them buddy together where y'all get entered to say well they gotta fill their they gotta fill their permits first, but once they get okay. their permits filled and they, they buy their cards, then they'll be able to. Okay, because I mean, you don't want to be ineligible due to qualifications and and stuff like you know. Yeah, that I like to bitty. do things. I like to do things by the book, and you know, I can get exemptions, but you know, me and George Taylor, uh, we're 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 t- I mean, like we're like fat thighs. We stick together. So he, you know, <laughs> they're just a good friend of mine. Absolutely. Uh, well, that's good that you and ha- you know that you and George. I I love George. The and picture in my head right now. Maybe you know, and it's so yeah. funny to see George when he first came in into our world from from Caterpillar and NASCAR and everywhere else. You know, doing all this promotional stuff, and since he's been around you and and driving you and and you know and the days that y'all spend in the truck, I can I actually can see the difference in his knowledge, especially of you know the dangerous event bull riding greatness. Oh my gosh! I mean, and, and it just it oozes out, and and I mean, it's yep. osmosis yep. is is a real thing yep. with Dale Brisby, and you can just Absolutely. tell it on George. He had a lot to learn, you know, coming from Caterpillar. The, I mean, the main event that was excited about him coming was going to be the barrel racers because he knew how to work the ground. <laughs> exactly, he had a lot to learn. <laughs> he had a lot to learn, and, and and so I taught him, and now he's, now he's groomed and ready to run it. Make me cough. Oh man. <laughs> well, that, you know, and that's great. Now, you know, and, and I know you want the ground perfect for your bull riding too. I mean, they they can only buck as good as their footing, and and that's important too. That's why it's but, right after the barrel racing usually. You know. Yep. Yep. So, yep. So amazing. Yeah. So you guys, uh, you guys seem to get get you got your you did your research, you got your facts all in order. You know, you know where Dale Brisby lies, and and I appreciate you doing your your research before we did this podcast. You can't oh, yeah. help it. Well, I mean, there's just a lot of vast information out there about Dale Brisby and the entire team. So, I mean, it's it was a lot of reading, I'll tell you that much. Audio book on the way out here. I mean. Yes. Yeah. I can't yep, wrap my mind around it still. The success is just mind-blowing. The thing that, like, Trevor, you know, that Trevor Brazil gets to hang out with you, J.B. Mooney, like, this is, they, they got to feel like they're very appreciated that this, this happens for them, right? I would hope. I, I would hope. <laughs> well, hey, we know obviously you're a busy guy right now, Dale. Uh, we can hear it in the background. I know you got more bulls to ride. Uh, Watch your elbow. I can hear that horn coming through the center. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. sorry, he's kicking in the gate. <sighs> yeah, no, you're right. I'm gonna. I got a. I got a. I'm gonna have a sandwich. Maybe send a Snapchat. I got my afternoon nap, and then we might buck that bull. So I got a lot to do, guys. Well, I appreciate you uh, having me, yeah. and uh, come on out to Winnebago anytime. Sounds like it. a plan. Hey, and we'll look to have you on. Let's bring you back in the fall and see what your NFR plans are and see what's yeah. going down. And Right after Sykeston. Maybe yeah, we can come to Sykeston. Yep. Yeah, oh, I'd love that. Can you get us tickets for Sykeston? Or, I mean, you think, would that be okay? We might just come out there. Right. I'll see what I can do, I nice. guess. For your inaugural. Love yeah. it. That's yeah. right. I guess. All right. Well, thank you, Dale. Yeah, Mr. Brisby. Thanks for coming on. You bet, gentlemen. On to the next one, old son. Thank you, sir. All right. Looking for tickets to the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo? StubHub is the official secondary and fan-to-fan site of the rodeo. Fans can buy and sell their tickets through a safe and secure online marketplace. Visit nfrexperience.com. To celebrate the 35th anniversary of the National Finals Rodeo in Las Vegas, LVE and PRCA present the top 35 most memorable moments. Sports fans love a storybook ending, and NFR fans are no exception. 
Bull rider Cody Hancock has certainly enjoyed his share of Las Vegas magic. First in 2000, when he arrived in Las Vegas as the 15th ranked bull rider in the world, Hancock didn't waste any time getting to work. He won round one with a 93-point ride and claimed round two with a 90-point ride. He kept chipping away at the top-ranked bull riders in the world, and when he struck again for a win in round seven and 92 more points, he stood on the brink of history. When round 10 came to a close, Hancock became the first Roughstock Cowboy to climb from 15th to 1st at the National Finals Rodeo and win a world championship. This kid rides like a world champion. Hancock was back in 2001, and while he came up just short in his quest for back-to-back -back world titles, he did make rodeo history again. Hancock got the best of Diamond G Rodeo's Mr. USA in the 10th and final round and shattered the NFR record with a 96-point bull ride. Nearly two decades later, Cody Hancock's 96-point ride still stands. Hi, I'm 23-time world champion cowboy Trevor Brazil, and you're listening to NFR Extra. We're joined by VP Corporate Marketing of Las Vegas Events, Mr. Bo Gardner. What's up, Bo? Hello, guys and gals. How are you? Well, thanks for joining us. Uh, thank you for yeah, the opportunity. Yeah, yeah. And um, this is one of those things where I think we're going to get our... Uh, fans to get to know Bo. <laughs> it's a boring story. No, no way. It's no, not no, no, that no. Boring. not at all. I, uh, you know, obviously got to work with you quite a bit, got to co-host with this show. Um, thank you for, uh, uh, picking me up and carrying me through the conversations and learning rodeo. <laughs> he took the lead. And it was well-deserved. He does a great job. He does it. a we fantastic job. Well, I, you know, the fun part about this is, is exactly what we're getting ready to get into. And then you learn these stories, learning people like yourself, uh, learning all the people that we got to learn. Right. Mm -hmm. And it is learning, you know, yes. you get to know, but I think learning is a big key here because, um, the rodeo world is loaded with a lot of definition and you got to learn the rodeo world. So let's, let's start off with, you know, let's start off with you and where were you? Let's start off where Bo, little Bo, where little Bo started before Bo came to Vegas. Where, where are you from, Bo? Where were you raised? Wow. Uh, I'm from a one traffic light town in Ohio called Buckeye Lake, Ohio. Uh, very small community, um, just surrounding other communities in this lake called Buckeye Lake. So it's a, it is actually a main exit off of Interstate 70, which we all travel. So, uh, but uh, that's where I grew up. So is there a lot of fishing going on over there? Uh, fishing was my sport. Really? Absolutely. My family, my father, my brother, we all went fishing. So it was a, an everyday occurrence. So I couldn't help but notice, but the, uh, the word Buckeye, right? Mm -hmm. So we're talking about Ohio. And um, I think there's a little bit more to do with your life with being a Buckeye, right? Yeah, yes, sir. Uh, Ohio State Buckeyes is all that we had. You know, whether it was basketball or football, uh, uh, all we, we did not have a, a pro team So in Columbus. So the, the Ohio State Buckeyes was our pro team, and um, you live it and you breathe it. Uh, it's kind of like the they reference a lot to uh, uh, Jeff Gordon, right? You either love the guy or you hate the guy. And I've heard that. Yeah. <laughs> That's the Ohio State Buckeyes. And yeah. – when you live and breathe it, you love it, and it's it, it'll always be a part of me. So, but let's let's talk a little bit more. You're 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 attached to the horse world, the equestrian mm -hmm. world, right? What? Let's just go to the Ohio world, and what got you started getting around horses? And then we'll talk about your Buckeye experience. Well, uh, like any kid um, growing up, you you need money, right? Yep. And uh, I wasn't going to make any money fishing, so. Uh, one of my neighbors uh, had a job to clean horse stalls, and that's how it all got started. Really? So, yeah. We've all been there in the yeah. rodeo You were cleaning horse? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I cleaned horse stalls uh, for uh, several years prior to even having a horse to ride. 
So, okay, so you're around horses. Mm -hmm. Where do you get the conies to jump on and I want to do this and start riding? Well, uh, so uh, my stepfather, Ray Gardner, um, and my mom decided to, hey, let's let's make this part of our family sport, you know, because, you know, fishing, mom didn't want to fish, so... Inexpensive, yeah. why not? Let's do it. Yeah. It just sounds like easy sport to get so into. So we started boarding horses <laughs> at this barn that I was cleaning stalls for. So now I'm cleaning stalls for our own horses. Nice. And uh um that's I took the school bus to this barn after school, got dropped off, went clean stalls and uh, started riding horses. How old were you was at that time? Man, I was in um junior high. Nice. Yeah. The impressionable age, right? Like, yeah. you really make those decisions. Yeah. Yes. Well, God, you seem to make a bad one. Yeah. Man. Not that I still <laughs> didn't want to fish or ride dirt bikes or hunt or do all those other things. It just, when you get into horses and you can vouch to this, Brylin, that uh, it becomes your life. Yeah, you definitely live it. It's not something that's just a part-time, mm-hmm. hey, let's go do it for the weekend. Or I'm experiencing that more and more <laughs> to hang out with y'all. Yes. So, um, all right, so you're, you you just, first of all, cool. That's awesome. <laughs> and then you start riding horses, but when do you start getting into this whole, like, competition part? Uh, so, unlike the rodeo world, I was in the uh, show world. Um, I did everything from... Showmanship, the horsemanship, the halter, to English, to trail class, to reining. I mean, you did it all just because you your your father starts buying you horses that did it all. So you just wanted to take full opportunity of having some type of uh, flexibility and uh, keeping it interesting. So, all right, so you start competing, mm-hmm. but how did this thing? How does how how do you get connected with the? Let's talk about how you went from high school to college. How did that all happen? Well, so um, I was not going to get any scholarships in any sports. I'm, I'm not that talented. Um, so I let the horses be the talent, and I just got to enjoy that part of it. And we traveled every weekend. I missed my high school prom. I missed everything involving anything that you do when you're in high school. So because yes. uh, you're traveling, you're showing, you're competing, whether it's the the Gold Coast in Florida or we went to the Carolinas in Pinehurst, North Carolina. We would go to Maryland. We just Tulsa, Oklahoma for the world finals. We would that's just was our life. And my parents drove the airstream behind the the six horse trailer that we hauled and that that was our life. Uh-huh. And um, so I was offered a scholarship through the AQHA. Um, and I decided to not give up horses. So I went to a branch college for Ohio state, which was there in Newark, Ohio, uh, not far from the house. So I was still able to compete and go to college, um, was tough, but I had to maintain a 3.0 GPA just to keep the scholarship. So, um, Studying on the road. Then, yes. Huh? Literally. <laughs> yes. You have no idea how much studying goes into it. Real quick question. So when you're going to these competitions, are, is the environment similar to like a rodeo kind of? It is. It is. Um, you know, because the, obviously there's several different events in a rodeo. There's several diff- different events in this competition also. Yeah. So you had those that excelled in, in English and trail and then those that excelled in horsemanship and pleasure and halter so um you there's still clicks within yes. whatever you're doing yep. um, team ropers do they really hang out with barrel racers not really but not typically uh, no so yeah you still have those clicks but uh uh because i competed in as many of them as i could i tried to just get along with all yeah yeah so, he still is that way. Absolutely. <laughs> I, no, I love the story, getting to know Bo. Um, so here you are, competition, get to school, you're at a university, mm-hmm. the, the the famed Buckeyes. Mm-hmm. Um, so then you, you're done, mm-hmm. and you decide to go to Vegas. Wow. What, so uh, what my thinking? father, he owned uh, uh, a few grocery stores, so I worked for him um, and 
we kind of got out of the horses a little bit because. So whoa, whoa, whoa! You were, were you like Kurt Warner? Were you uh, taking care of the grocery store? Yes, I was. That? Nice. Uh, I started as a bag boy, then went to a cashier, worked in the deli bakery, uh, frozen food manager, assistant store manager. Had to, you know, learn as you go, yeah. and um, it was a, a great experience. And still working for the family, so that was our became our new connection, and not horses. It was now work. Yeah, yeah. Goods. You're selling goods. Yes. Yes. Nice. Yeah. So, um, it was tough for a while, uh, cause every Thanksgiving or holiday you're, you're, you're sitting at the table and you're talking shop and shop was work. And if I did something wrong and I was looking at the end of the table and <laughs> my boss, uh, was there and it was hard. So, um, I decided to look for another job, <laughs> and um, that's when I ended up with uh, uh, the local wholesaler for Budweiser. Nice. And um, boom, 20 years I was in that world with Budweiser. So what, okay, so what? how did it, coming to Vegas, what, what were you thinking? Well, like, uh, coming to Vegas was um, uh, <coughs> through a, uh, wasn't my choice, Um it was a choice made by my partner in life at that time. And um, I just went along with it. It was hard because, as I just said, my whole life was family. Yeah. And I was leaving them all back in Ohio. There's nobody or nothing for me in Vegas other than my partner in life and uh, my job. I couldn't even imagine going that far away from my family. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, but hey, that's, I mean, I, I think of what Bo's done. I mean, we're, we're going to find out more about this, but I mean, it's, it's you know, obviously it worked, right, as yeah. we're having this conversation. Mm -hmm. So that leads into this. I mean, we won't, won't talk about the Budweiser too much. Yeah. Coors. You know, Coors. We, we know yes. you're out there. I'm sure one of the guys are listening. Um, <laughs> this is part of the story. This is part of the story. Um, they all know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then... But then, you know, you create some good relationships through uh, dishing out some alcohol mm -hmm. into the, in mm -hmm. the Sin City. Yep. And how does this whole Las Vegas events thing come down? I mean, how does this go down? Well, um, Mr. Pat Christensen and Mr. Dale Eels, um, they were at the Thomas and Mac. Um, and I was their marketing rep. So we had worked together on sponsorships and events. And um, when the job became available here at LVE, I get a phone call from Mr. Dale Eels and says, hey, you want to go have lunch? And I said, sure. So uh, next thing I know, I'm sitting in our conference room here and in front of all the other VPs for LVE. And granted, at the time, I really wasn't sure what LVE was or what they did and so it was a whole new ball game for me, but um, it was uh, a great interview, and uh, it, it it was easy for me because what I was doing with Budweiser or Nevada Beverage at the time, it would have been uh, very similar to what they were asking me to do here at LVE, and that was being that connector between the events and the hotel properties and sponsors and. Uh, so I lived that world here in Vegas uh, now, heck, since 1996. So it's okay. Well, first of all, it sounds like you were the first resident cowboy at LVE, and that I think that actually helped out a lot of this kind of this language barrier from the city <laughs> folks to the uh, rodeo. Um, you've definitely become that connector. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. So I think. Riley might get this a little more than, than most because um, even though I was a quote-unquote cowboy, um, yeah, I knew how to saddle a horse and obviously clean horse stalls. And, uh, but my, my, my family provided for the vets and all the technical stuff that yeah. I didn't really – I wasn't required to learn because we paid somebody to do it. So um, – some of the cowboys uh, that you define them as cowboys, they know how to do all this stuff. It might not be the right way or the best way, but it was their way, and they knew how to make it work. So that's a cowboy, right? That, to me, is somebody that can just look at a horse or look at a situation and say, hey, 
uh, and to do this right, um, you, this is what needs to be done. And I really didn't have that knowledge because I wasn't, it wasn't expected out of me. We paid people to do that for us. So um, today I'm learning. <laughs> I think being a cowboy is being able to learn uh, how to make these decisions with an animal that sometimes in split seconds. Yeah. Sometimes. That you have, they're not going to tell you how they feel or, 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 or what you are doing wrong so that you can get them to do what they're supposed to do. So, um, I, I learn that every day. So the job of a cowboy is never done. No. It's always evolving. No. And yeah. Learning. Yeah. Mm. I mean, when it came to the different types of hay, you know, your, your <laughs> Timothy and I mean, whatever, alfalfa, alfalfa the mix, and th- there's just so footing. Yeah. I mean, all those details. <laughs> we still call it dirt. Yeah. I never worried. I didn't have to make those decisions. They were made, sold. And now I'm, I'm involved in those decisions, whether it's being a general manager for the Junior World Finals or living at the ranch in Dewey, Arizona with my wife who knows all this stuff. So, <laughs> so all right. What, one thing I didn't ask you along your trip to Vegas. Yeah. When was your first rodeo? Your first NFR? Oh, my Wow. So when I moved, prior to moving to Las Vegas, um, I made a trip out here in December. <laughs> Never heard of the NFR. They had some hotel rooms. I'm yeah. Sure. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, wow, this is truly the West. Look at all these cowboy Cowboys. hats and boots and all these folks <laughs> walking up and down the strip. And I'm like, I'm there. I don't care what it takes. I'm moving to Las Vegas. And my first day on the job at Nevada Beverage, I walk in with my Wrangler Riatas and my cowboy boots and my Montana Silversmith buckle, and I walk in, and I'm the only one dressed like that. And I'm like, uh, what happened to all the cowboys in Vegas? Not knowing it was during the NFR. Yep. So, uh, yeah, that was an eye-opener. What was it, like, what, early 90s? Yeah, uh, 96, 97, nice. 98, that whole time frame. Yeah. Oh, man, that's when Ty Murray was uh, yes. nice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I got one for you. How was your first hotel meeting? Oh, my Lord. Um, very, uh, as NV would say, I was taken out of my comfort zone. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's talk about, you know, what what do you, let's, now that we kind of painted this picture of the, the road to Vegas for mm-hmm, Mo, mm-hmm. now you're here, you've been doing a good job with LVE. What What is it, what? you do here i mean and, and you don't have to super define it but what, what's sure. what's your two minute pitch of what Bo does at lve oh man i tell you what i answer a lot of emails and get on a lot of phone calls but um uh, working with this team at lve has made it easy um they all everyone here at lve has their own stories and experience and expertise that you know, you're not expected to know everything about all that is taking place here at LVE, um, but it's exciting to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, but so the Pat Christensen's great about giving you the reins, right, and saying, here, go make the best of it. And sure, you're going to make some mistakes and, and not make the right decisions, but you learn from it, you critique it, and you move on. And that is what we do every day here at LVE. Yeah. So uh, we go through NFR critique meetings starting the week after the event, and we talk about it every single week, what we could do better for the next one. Yeah. I Those are some tough meetings. You know, yeah. you're gonna, I, I try to tell anybody, it's kind of a sidebar, but I mean, in these critique meetings, you know, whatever areas you just spoke of, your specialty or whatever it is, mm-hmm. It's going to be a topic at some point in the critiques, and you got to got to have tough skin with the team, knowing that you know uh, criticism is good, and you know it's it only there to make you better. It's not being negative or anything right. like that, but it just shows. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it it really uh, I think melds our team together once you understand the importance of that thing. He challenges each and every one of us, and there are times, obviously, when you want to bite your tongue because you think you are doing what is right, yep. and he points you in a direction and says, are you really sure you're doing what's right? And now you got to take a step back and think about it. So, which is great for the city and yep. for LVE and what we do and what we're here to put the butts in beds, right? That's yep. ultimately our goal. 
Yeah. So then you bring that up. So clearly, you know, you work in the sponsorship area. You, mm-hmm. you and a lot of the sponsors know who Bo Gardner is, and uh, a lot of the contestants now know exactly who you are. And but the other part, as you just brought up, the butts and beds. Mm-hmm. Explain this whole hotel thing. Like what you know, I know you know. There's some other caveats to the partner you said, Dale, who gave you the call. Used to kind of carry this torch. So what, explain this whole hotel thing in the NFR and. You know, Envy, and we all know there's there's no other event in Las Vegas that um, is a true citywide event like the NFR. I mean, when you have the opportunity and the interest from 20-plus hotels surrounding one single event, um, because in the time of the year, December, there's a need. So you have their attention, and now your job is to go out and create a niche for each one of those hotel properties so that they feel special and that they have a part, a being a true partner uh, with the regular national finals rodeo. So The other thing, too, I just want to add this, and I think it's as you start to see it, like, for instance, Super Bowl, I'm sure one of them have an ad in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. These are big brands. Huge. MGM, Huge. Caesars, they're like they win. These are gigantic brands. Mm-hmm. They weren't this when you got here in the 90s, right? Right, right. correct. But, you know, Brian, you brought up uh, at NV, you know, what was it like your first meeting with, you know, an executive at a hotel? And it was not my comfort zone. But when you're going in there and, and talking about um, sponsorships or an event that you have, a lot of knowledge and passion for you're now just talking to another person and you're just trying to teach them what they can do to get the most out of this event. And it, it is uh, sometimes frustrating because you're, you're, you're talking to them at a level where it's like being in a classroom, right? Mm-hmm. When you go and you're, you're, you're in a physics class and that guy's up there standing at the chalkboard and he's writing all these formulas on there and you're looking at him going, what the heck is he talking about? Well, I'm sure that these, some of these folks in these hotels, this is, this is new territory for them. So uh, you, you, you know, I, I don't mean to say this in negatively, but you have to bring it down to their level so that they understand ultimately that, Hey, your return on investment, this is how we can bring this to you. You know, you're participating in a citywide event that brings over 500,000 people to Las Vegas over the two-week span. And you, you, you keep putting that in front of them and letting them know that you're on their side. You're here to represent them. You're not here to represent the event. You're not here to represent a sponsor. You're representing them. And you just say, what can we do for you to make this work for you? And yeah, well, and, and I think the tough part too, and I've been a part of these meetings and I, I, what I realize is, you know, we're sitting there talking to them for about 14 days sure, and they have to worry about 351 days besides those 14 days all the time. Yes. And that's the tough part to kind of get in the middle of that conversation, right? Like, yes. Cause they're probably thinking about. That month that, you know, our job, right. We start the day after thinking about the following year for this event and they don't start thinking about this event until three months, maybe if you're lucky. So it's difficult. So you can't, you have to respect that. Um, And we at LVE, when we go out and we do our fulfillment packages with these hotel properties, you get an hour. All right. And you hope that you're saying the right things to them to make them feel good about what they did the year before and what the opportunities are for them in the, in the net following year. So that you got to keep it simple and respect their time. Yeah. And I mean, clearly they, they love being a part of this and mm-hmm. they express that and, and there's some to show. So how, how has it been working with, like, I'll just give you some examples mm-hmm. of, uh, what you've done, you know, connecting uh, Mirage and Rodeo Vegas and, uh, you know, the guys over at RMEF. Like, explain a little bit of that kind of relationship. That's an interesting relationship. So what's great is, uh, and, and Brian, you being new into this, and I think you, you you get it, is you become their friend. Yeah. Yes. So many relationships are built. Yeah. You become their friend. I am friends with Steve Decker at Rocky Mountain Elf Foundation. And I'm friends with Luke over at the Mirage and you get together and you talk as friends and you, and you say, Hey guys, 
what do we want to do this year? What can we do? What can we all together bring to the table and make this the biggest and best year ever for you with the NFR? Yeah, I mean, because you have one entity like uh, Decker. Mm -hmm. He's got a brand, brand, mm -hmm. brand, right? And then obviously the guys with the casinos, they need people, well, butts in beds and, yeah. and butts in seats and yeah. spending money and having a good time at their establishments. Yes. And then that's, that's this, this bar. So let's, let's switch gears. Cause there's one that I've gotten to work with you every day. Mm -hmm. And I love, I, this is kind of the, I just, as me just share this, but my 14 days hanging out with you at convention center is, uh, it's one of the best times I had out of the, <laughs> the whole year because it's this cowboy craziness, right? Let's talk about you cowboy Christmas and the evolution of you coming on board and navigating this ship. This gigantic Titanic, Titanic ship. I mean, you brought up Decker too, by the way, who's yeah. a part of this this Titanic yeah. ship. Talk about your your experience of Cowboy yeah. Christmas. So my first role at Cowboy Christmas uh, was Cowboy Fan Fest, uh, two thousand and twelve. Yeah. And Pat had this vision of a rodeo way with this old Western themed town and. And I mean, I was having meetings with an architecture and I'm like, I have never done this, but he puts you in these un uncomfortable yeah. situations and you, it becomes fun Yeah, because you're learning new things and meeting new people and you're, you're trying to put this puzzle together. And, you know, I was with Budweiser. I'm like, oh, we got to have a banner. We got to do, and I'm like, oh my Lord, we have to have a lot of banners. We have to have yeah, a right. lot of signage. We have to <laughs> now worry about programming on a live stage. And wh what do you mean we're going to build an arena? How do you do that? You know, and on the second level. Oh, but, oh and what do you do with it? <laughs> what, what do yeah. we do with that arena upstairs? So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of questions <laughs> and a lot of challenges. And, and each year, uh, with the help of the industry and those that are professionals with every little piece of this, uh, whether it's making a phone call to Prefert and saying, hey, I need an arena. And they call back and say, well, we need to know this, this, and this. Uh, I, I can't help you there, so I'm hoping you can help me. <laughs> and uh, it's just fantastic how uh, amazing how it just yeah. all works out and um it all came together in V you, you experienced the first one and each day, I mean, you were getting, you don't sleep, right? No, um, not at all. Cause you're worried about, Oh my gosh, did I say this to, did I tell this person? Did you I know, send that email? Uh, yeah. So there's, you're going crazy. You're driving yourself crazy, but you look around and you got to look at it and say, everybody else is in the same shoes I'm in envy. He's not sleeping. He's worried about, his responsibilities and, and, and Brylin and, and oh my gosh, Michael Mack. I mean, are yep. you kidding me? Yeah. Well, these guys are heroes and for what they're able to pull off, uh, it, it, it's crazy, but, um, it's a, at the end of the 10 days, you're giving yourself and everybody else around you a pat on the back and saying, Hey, great job guys. We, we survived. <laughs> ready for the next year. Yeah. So with this, this Wrangler Rodeo Arena and mm -hmm. Cowboy Christmas, yes. um, clearly, you know, what was one of your favorite events? Before we're, we're, we're going to get to, what was maybe one of your most unique, uh, uh, I guess, acts or events that you put inside the arena? i tell you who's been with us since day one, and um, that's the Miniature Bulls. Yeah. Um, to watch those kids uh, go out there on these Miniature Bulls and the Leo family and and everything that they do, worrying about safety and, and and how do I keep this kid interested in this sport so that they become somebody and you know the it's a family and they are a family and all their contestants are part of it and they've been with us since day one and they draw probably one of the biggest crowds and uh, it's exciting and to watch them grow and expand and become more. Um, because of maybe what we did at Cowboy Fan Fest at that time. And yep. now with the Junior World Finals, that to me is 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 why we all do this. Well, and I think of two things, too, that's happened with your arena, right? Mm -hmm. It's uh, one is the youth rodeo really kind of mm -hmm. I, and I, I, I'm just saying this from what I've seen from my perspective sure. here in Vegas. Sure. But by creating the well at the time, the Junior FR and yes. we had a bunch of other competitions yes. prior to that, but. Creating the junior far, it looks like that thing is caught on like well, whatever you know, hotcakes or whatever yeah. you want to term it, wildfire. 
anything, right? I mean, it, that, you know, bringing that together. But the other one that I think that, you know, we have had quite a few of these guys on mm -hmm. is the guys from uh, BFO. Yes. Yes. I mean, wow. We actually had that at uh, in our arena, the yeah. regular rodeo arena at uh, Cowboy Fan Fest. And I, I think it was a, an idea that uh, several folks had uh, sitting around drinking a beer um, and it just grew into this and it just, it's fantastic to hear that. Oh, now Wrangler is a sponsor for them and they have their own event. Now at the Tropicana and their own tent and they're drawing big crowds and, and it's just keeps. And then somebody else sees how well that event is doing and Oh my gosh, let's do our own. And it, that's, what's great about this world, you know, it, it, world of rodeo that you can just, where are they at now? Tropicana? Yeah. 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 So, I mean, like, the obviously. NFR experience so has grown. They yes. were part of it. Yeah, absolutely. Did I mean, you think they were in one, and now because of their popularity, they had to go train another tent in the mm -hmm. city for another event. Yep. Win-win. Yeah. 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 So, all right. So, let's let's stay on this arena part, because <laughs> Cowboy Christmas, we could talk for days, because you could shop for days. So, I mean, there's a million reasons to talk about Cowboy Christmas, but... Uh, it started off as junior far. Now it's junior world finals. Mm -hmm. How, I mean, like talk about that little process, that evolution. You know, that, uh, was very interesting. This all started with, uh, Carl Stressman, uh, making a phone call and uh, having a few of his friends involved saying, Hey, we need some help in the saddle bronc and, and bareback uh, in the rodeo world. Uh, we're not getting the entries to, to keep that alive. So, um, Let's try to get some of these kids involved um, to watch them grow and, and now start entering these rodeos when they become of age. So that's how it all started. And um, we knew we needed something to to make it an event. And obviously the NFR was an event. Everybody knows about it. It's in the rodeo world. So let's make it the junior NFR. Um, Michael Mack, uh, Burner, everybody here created a logo and we got behind it. And wow, they're amazing what was being accomplished. yeah accomplished during those two three years and the evolution um the prca had a uh, a different idea for the event um not to say that it was wrong it's just what what they wanted to do was make it a rodeo um and i get it i really do get it because yeah. that's what the fans want to see is a rodeo uh what was working for us is slack. <laughs> I mean, put it in layman's terms, we run slack all day long from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. But our goal, um, taking from what Mr. Stressman uh, stressed, was, hey, uh, we need as many kids involved as we can. And by making this a rodeo, we couldn't do that. So we just decided to, to kind of part ways with the name. We didn't part ways with the event. We didn't make it anything different. Um, hopefully we just continue to make it better. But uh, so we changed the name and so that we could keep eight, 900 kids there and not just 150 or 200 kids there. You know, we wanted it. It became a, a marketing tool for Cowboy Christmas. I mean, yeah. you're bringing 900 kids and, and their families and wow, Watch this attendance grow at Cowboy Christmas. Watch the retail sales grow for those exhibitors. Watch the sponsorships grow for, for getting brands out there and getting those brands into the youth world. Um, so it became a win-win for not only LVE and Cowboy Christmas, but also we hope for the rodeo world itself. You know, I, real quick, I'm going to back up to the Stressman thing because I remember when this was going down. Mm -hmm. So... So they needed help with the overall bareback yes. riding saddlebrook. Yes, sir. So, I mean, this sounds a lot like NFL is what they've done. You know, obviously they're going through their whole concussion and, you know, parents mm -hmm. like, I don't want my kids hitting kids with helmets on. So, you know, they go to flag football. Well, what does the NFL do? They switch and go to, to flag football mm -hmm. and start, like, adding all these caveats to how, you know, did you watch the Pro Bowl? Wasn't that flag football? But that's my but but, but that's my <laughs> point. So the re, what I'm saying is the, the, they use flag football as a way to – uh, create new tactics and how people mm -hmm. tackle and you're not you know, yeah. you're spearheading yes. you know, things like that. So that changes as you evolve. So mm -hmm. people like, I'm cool with this. I stay with it. And then, then they still stay and tackle football. Same thing. It's not, I mean, it sounds very similar when you see, I like the leadership when you see someone, you, you know, something's hurting 
And how do you make it? You go down to the bottom, you know, right? The yes. youth, and that's where you make the tweaks rather yeah. than the top. Correct. I mean, that's pretty cool. So we, obviously, we have the best producers for each event. They are experts with their events. And LVE, uh, our staff, we're not there to train these kids, right? We're there just to provide them a place so that these producers who are experts can help these kids get where they need to go uh, safely. Safely. Yeah, you know, that's absolutely. that's what it's about. And um, yeah, if we can if we can do that and rely on them to 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 make this a an opportunity for these kids to not only have a future or and do it right. What is the favorite part about your job, though? <laughs> you know, my favorite part about this job is is the people, you know, they well, at times there are there are those that uh, you feel it could be the worst part about your job, but uh, that just makes you a better, stronger person, right? To to learn how to to adapt and and get along with um, just everybody. And I, I think if you and I'm not here to preach, but if you are open and honest um, uh, with with everybody, then you don't have to worry about covering anything up. So. Um, that I have learned. Uh, I, I took my bumps and bruises as a salesman for, for Budweiser. You tell one account one thing, you tell another account something different. No, oh my gosh, now I'm in trouble because they talked, right? So you that happens everywhere, right? It's not just a, a something in the rodeo world. It's something everywhere. So um, if you're open and honest and, and like Pat always tells us and uh, care but don't care too much because it once you start caring too much then your emotions get involved and and i think that's what he means by that is don't let your emotions get involved have some passion but uh don't don't let it lead you to making a wrong decision then that's tough because (laughs) our team is loaded with passion yes yes so i mean it's it's you know it's a it's a core synergy of what we do here Mm -hmm. uh so Beyond this being your favorite part of your job, yeah. it sounds to me, if I was in the rodeo business, which I, I am, right? You are. So you are. Um, no matter how dumb you try to play, <laughs> you, you're in it. So. So, so it sounds like you have one of the better jobs in rodeo. You know, uh, yeah, there are probably some out there that envy what I do. But, you know, I also envy what others do in this world. So uh, the rodeo world, um, I have aspirations. Um had conversations with Pat about, hey, here's what I want to do. Put me on that path to get there. And um, uh, I'm not there, but I'm, I want to take that path and learn as I go so that I can fulfill those dreams of mine. I, I just want to share this because, I mean, you know, I'm the, I'm the kind of the younger dude on the team, right? You know, I'm <laughs> the older guy with the rest of the team. But what I like and hearing that, and I'm just, this is my LVE pitch. Sure. It's like, you get all, I got all these guys that are older than me. Like they're like big brothers or big uncles for mm-hmm. me. But what I like and hearing something like that, you know, you're like 11 years older than me. What I like hearing that is you're still like, I don't want to give away your age. I think you're like 42 or something, like that. <laughs> but it's, it's your, um, it's your passion that you're, I'm not done yet. I'm not, you know what I mean? I like that. That mm-hmm. motivates the heck out of me. Not done. Yeah. I, I mean, have a lot to learn and, and I want to. Um, and I think, um, the experiences that I have the opportunity to learn with right now, uh, whether it's at the, the ranch in, in Dewey, Arizona with my wife or, uh, here at work or at another rodeo, um, I'm, I want to absorb it all and, um, help me get down this path. Yeah. So how do you, so let's just end this bad boy with this question. <laughs> okay. We're part of the NFR, you know, we're midway through our, our 10 year contract. Yeah. Where do you see NFR, like this evolution of it? I mean, this is a lot going on with it here in the town. Where do you see it going? And you don't know, I mean, like you don't have to have a complete answer. But. You know, NV, I think um, just uh, maybe like the way you look at this uh, NFR Extra, this podcast, right? Your first day doing this and you had no clue that today you would be sitting here doing this. So uh, it's hard for me to, to, put in words what the opportunities are for the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo. Um, obviously, for selfish reasons, we hope it stays here in Las Vegas. We feel that we have uh, better things to offer, uh, bigger things, more opportunities. There's there's no other city that can do 
what this city does uh, with the over 60 concerts during the NFR and the World Series of team roping and the all-in barrel race and, you know, whatever it is. I mean, there's there's four youth events now. It started with one. So where does it go? Uh, I think we're already busting it to seams with livestock in, <laughs> in Las Vegas, right? We're, yes. we're, now, we're now putting stalls up in parking lots and hotels. And so, yeah, where does, did I ever think that was going to happen? No. But yeah. so where could it go? I, you, I don't know, but Sky's I can't, can't believe we are, we're here where we are right now. So for it's impossible for me to say where it could go, but just uh, f- keep fine tuning, um, looking at those critique meetings and, and, and try to make each precious moment better. Well, this was good, man. You know, uh, about 40 plus minutes of <laughs> getting to know Bo. This was pretty nice. He said he was going to be short. Yeah. yeah oh, I, that's... you know, whenever Brylan starts blinking her eyes, I know it's time to stop talking. So, <laughs> well, I'll tell you, okay. So you're similar to tough Edelman. When tough sat down with us uh, during the NFR yeah. uh, in 2019, he literally said, he's, I'm short on time. You know, I'm, let's, let's do the best we can here. Okay, cool. Uh, hour and 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. It was like, tough. You, you got anywhere to go? Yeah. Like, like, oh, I got more to talk about. That's right. And so and, you. you know, and that's why you <laughs> say what, what I said is uh, the people, right? Yeah. Because you get to know everybody and not just what somebody says about that person but if you get have the opportunity to sit down and get to know somebody you have a deeper respect for not only who they are but what they represent in the rodeo world so that's that to me is gratifying i you know i want to share yeah. so I, I didn't bring this up earlier but uh, a friend of mine this is during a holiday party i was yeah. at and you know they had stumbled upon you know they're 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 in the ranching world like from Brocker right mm-hmm. yeah so um and it was funny we're at this holiday party and <laughs> the um one of my friend's wife who's from Nebraska right oh. she says um she's, oh my god you were like talking to like the the king of ranching like do you know yeah. who you were talking to and I was yeah. like Are you, wait Randy Brock you talking about Randy Brock <laughs> she yeah. goes yes yeah I was like oh my, I lit up like I got all like blush because like you know you introduced us to him yes and it was so cool to like when we talk about this niche business Mm -hmm. for someone who i've you know i've known andy almost 20 years for her to bring that up randomly it just blew my mind of what we're accomplishing here and what you started with us and what we continue to do there's a lot of modest people in, (laughs) in this industry that have stories to tell and share and and you're very fortunate to to, oh, to yeah. get some of those stories out of them yeah. and some of them that may never have been told yeah. um, that they kept within themselves because that motivates them so but when you're able to share it like you guys are sharing it then that's you know hopefully motivates a lot more other people yeah I'm, I yeah I totally agree and I look forward to this whole 2020 I mean yeah. that, that 2019 was a blast and yeah, you more the more you get into this rodeo business and meet more people and mm-hmm. your network grows, it just you feel better about yourself. Yes. So. Yes, you do. Well, they make it easy. Yeah, they do. They do. <laughs> They're full of stories. It's amazing. Yeah. No doubt. Well, Bo, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you guys. This was fantastic. Thanks, I appreciate it. All right, man. Uh-huh. Howdy, I'm Bob Tolman. And this is NFR Extra. Thanks for listening to the NFR Extra podcast. And make sure to give us a rating and review on wherever you listen to NFR Extra. For more information regarding the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo, visit nfrexperience.com and follow Las Vegas NFR on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. NFR Extra. All dirt. All rodeo. All year. Gotta make it out to Vegas where the big boys roam with the rovers and the racers and the bulls and the browns and the ladies.